new trailers for Craven and a risque new Zendaya movie? Our thoughts on episode one of Secret Invasion? A potentially lackluster Comic-Con? Another solid nostalgia casting for Stranger Things? The effort to save TCM? A review of No Hard Feelings and more? Welcome to the madness. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and hello, Morgan, and welcome to another episode of Monday Madness with Morgan and the Machine. How you doing today, Morgan? I'm doing well. Yes, I very nearly <laughs> took my clothes off when yes, went in no honor of no hard feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I was not Which, expecting um, that scene. <laughs> no, it would have been appropriate, I suppose. <laughs> It yeah. wouldn't have been appropriate, obviously. We would have been banned off YouTube. Yeah, and you but it would have, have been fitting. Been able... It would have been fitting. It would have been fitting, but you would have never <laughs> been able to see our faces again. Janine, <laughs> if there's one thing you can't do, it's get naked on YouTube. You, you can't yeah. do it. You're not allowed to no. do it. You can do it on other places. You can do it in major movies if you want to. If you're Jennifer Lawrence in No Hard Feelings, you do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, you strut around with absolutely nothing on. By all means, have a full on fight, even (laughs) full on fight. Wrestle some people on a beach whilst wearing absolutely nothing because you just thought, "Well, that sounds fun. Why not do it?" And I, we don't want to spoil. We don't want to spoil the movie too much for being with people. No, but we'll get into that in our full review. But (laughs) I think I think for some people that is uh, an incentive to go see it. Okay. <laughs> to go and see it, really. I don't think that aspect of um, movie going has been lost on a certain group of the populace, to be yes. honest with you. Fair point, I fair point. People probably will, will still go to a movie just for that particular reason, as though it's 1983 and you're going watching some sort of video nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you won't be going watching a video nasty, would you? They weren't theatrically released. That was the point of them. What am I talking about? I'm losing my I mean, mind. Maybe, right, in, so should maybe in some places. I mean, in I some places, or some <laughs> certain shady theaters. We, yeah, yes, we've, sure. we've all heard the Pee Wee Herman stories. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yes, we don't. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> but I mean, about that. more, more people went to maybe movies like Porky's to say things like that. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, that, that that is the whole point of that yeah. movie, isn't it? Yes. It's the whole point That's... of the sex comedy yes. is to, to have that sex nudity element to it. Yes. And No Hard Feelings is, at the end of the day, kind of a sex comedy yeah a raunchy comedy which we'll get into that because we d- i think there is a conversation to be had as well about the loss of this type of movie and how it's just not really done anymore so yeah we'll get into that in our yes. let's talk segment where we do a full review and discussion of no hard feelings but we have several other things to discuss so morgan would you do the honors of asking the question. I'll yes. <laughs> well, certainly ask the question. I would like to ask the question. So, Janine. <laughs> so, as I mentioned off top the show, we have quite a few things up. We got some uh, trailers. Uh, we love talking new trailers. So, we did get a trailer for 
Craven Hunter, the new Craven movie, Sony, yes. their whole effort to do these spinoff movies with their villains, uh, things like Venom, um, Morbius. Uh <laughs> Morgan says, stop doing them and please focus on your animation. That's actually really good. So yes. stop making live action movies that either nobody goes to see. That are mediocre or just not good. Um, or or people don't like and what you're actually doing is coming off of one of the most reviled superhero comic book movies I think there's ever been to that level yeah. in Morbius uh, in terms of a live action but what you're also <clears throat> coming off is one of the most acclaimed animated Comic yeah, movies. so yeah, just put all your energies into that and making that, a, that. even more amazing. Because yeah, the live action, like I would, you know, with things like Venom, I wouldn't say those movies are outright bad, but they're not that great <laughs> either. Um, Look, I've never been someone that's been interested in the Sony Spider-Man movies, so I'm 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 coming at this from a complete outsider. Having not even seen the Venom movies, having certainly not seen Morbius. I still have not seen Morbius, but I have seen both Venom movies. And I will say the first one, I was really not able to kind of, it wasn't able to really keep my attention all that well. I watched it on a plane. But I ended up actually seeing Venom 2 in theaters. And I actually had fun with it. It was not good, but I actually kept me more engaged in the first movie. Um... But yeah, and I think there might be, that, you know, I'm not going to act like I'm super well versed on these characters beyond the uh, Spider-Man animated series from the 90s. But I feel like maybe there's a bit of and I don't know, like how anti-hero-y these characters can get in comics. But I feel like maybe there's a bit of a Maleficent thing kind of going on as well with these characters that also kind of deter like hardcore fans um doing this is. doing yeah. this anti-hero element especially since they you know they're not fighting their main villain or their main hero so it's kind of these standalone stories with them them kind of at the beginning of their creation or things like that so they do kind of try to take this anti-hero route with them as opposed to them being full-fledged villains so maybe that takes something away from the characters as well um but you know i love aaron taylor johnson i think the trailer looked fun in a very like 2000 superhero movie way which i mean that's that not a bad thing but is it worthy of a movie that needs to be made you know <laughs> now, see the strange thing is is that i i know next to nothing about craven the hunter yet this trailer intrigued me into craven yeah. the hunter mm -hmm. having someone who is kind of merged with lion's blood and therefore has animal instincts when hunting people down is quite an interesting concept to me i don't mind the look of this trailer the 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 red band trailer as you would call it as well yeah. the, the more graphic trailer the full you know unrated trailer yeah um certainly has its fair share of gore in there which which you kind of like you would expect for a movie called craven the hunter about yeah. someone who is a literal kind of manhunter um but it's nice to see it in there i know venom 
does have its kind of gore elements to it as well, its violent elements to it. So you kind of, I have to kind of give outside credit to the movies for at least going for it on that front. But has that maybe, you know, steered these movies away from being as successful as as they could have been yes um or is that just simply down to them not being wonderful to begin with or feeling like you said there feeling like they're from another era of uh, comic book comic movies, movies which yeah. which sometimes isn't a bad thing no i say sometimes is not a bad thing we still go back to the, the the early mid two thousands comic book movies with fondness, some of them, don't we? Yeah. Of course, we've just done and are about to finish a whole um, DC fringe DC movies. We're yeah, about where to we finish are, that this week. Yeah, so we steeped definitely into that time, that era of comic book movies. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's weird how a couple of weeks ago on Morgan hasn't seen we were talking about Catwoman. A, a dreadful movie, but this week we'll be talking about Constantine, a movie which I really, really yeah, got into. It was a solid one. Um, only from a year, you know, they're only a year yeah. apart in release in, yeah. in, the, in the mid 2000s, so 2004 and 2005. So the era itself isn't a bad thing. Feeling like the era itself isn't a bad thing. I just think that I have so little faith. In, in the, the Sony's live action Spider-Man based movies yeah. or, mm -hmm. or whatever they want to call themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if they feel I like... still don't actually know what their proper name is. Is it Sony's universe of Spider-Man movies or something like that? It, it's some ridiculously long long thing. thing. Yeah. And it's like only focused really on the villains, like these solo movies with the villains. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I don't the, know if the they're strange kind of thing is. The strange thing is, I quite like the look of this movie, this Craven the Hunter movie. Yeah. I'm actually intrigued by the character Russell Crowe's in there as his kind of over in, over intense dad doing yeah. some sort of strange, vaguely Eastern European accent. I don't know where Craven the Hunter's supposed I to think be from. He's, but... I think he's supposed to be Russian because I I saw when I saw a lot of people breaking down the trailer, they were disappointed that craven himself did not have a russian accent because he does have an accent the character okay so strange really considering aaron taylor johnson is more than capable of doing that right if he wants yes. to so why doesn't he i don't, I don't know. know um that is a bit weird but russell crowe is certainly putting one on and it's strange that russell crowe always seems to show up in in any universe of comic book movies, yeah. I'm, I'm half expecting James Gunn to be casting him in, in some sort of redone DC role, so he isn't, you know, Jor-El anymore. He'll be something else. else. Yeah, yes. But I mean, also, this one is rated R. I think it's the first one. I think people really wanted Venom to be rated R, but they didn't go there. Um, oh, I thought they were. I, I'm sure they were rated 15 in the UK. Maybe that's why. Okay. I feel like because I so I remember hearing something like this is the first R-rated, like Sony, whatever okay. of of this thing. So I want to say that the Venom ones, like people wanted them to be R-rated, but they weren't. 
if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, so the fact that this one's going to be more violent and gory, and even in that trailer that was shown, you know, we see him ripping people's faces off, you know, biting yeah, like pieces off, of biting people. someone's nose off, and yes, like that. it's like yes. yes, we like this. Yeah, I'm into yeah, so the. I'm actually legitimately into that. I'm. I'm not going to say I'm excited to see the movie because I have no, absolutely no faith in it. And but I you are intrigued. Seen any of the yes. others. But I'm intrigued by the character, if nothing else. Yes. Which I think is a, I think is a positive, really. Yes, de definitely. And I think most people love Aaron Taylor Johnson. I mean, I, I put up a funny TikTok about somebody like, oh, I hate these Sony, you know, villain movies. They're not just not good. And they're just really, you know, terrible. And why are they making these? I'm not going to go see Craven. And then like that he's asked, well, do you want to see the poster? And he sees the poster and he's like, all your tickets to Craven. <laughs> <laughs> just so, because it's Aaron Taylor Johnson yes sitting in that chair shirtless with like a fur collar thing and like leaning back and yes I mean he's a very <laughs> it's handsome a great, man it's a great poster so <laughs> you know he's a very he's a very handsome man that, that people do like and yeah. I, I don't think you can say that about Jared Leto can you no really no Mr. Morbius <laughs> he's no. a rather douchey looking man who nobody likes yes he's a pretty man um, who is very unlikable and culty and weird uh, <laughs> very weird very weird yeah. yes um, tom hardy i suppose would fall into the category of rather attractive man that everybody seems to like yes as well. yes so the casting is either one extreme or the other <laughs> essentially leads. yeah think they take turns strange. yeah strange but no i'm i'm not gonna say i'm into it i'm just intrigued and don't actively go this looks like another trash bag sony <laughs> marvel movie yeah i think that's fair i suppose we've got to give it credit for doing that bring me the gore though and i'll i'll be i'll be into it if i hear good things i might just turn up for Craven okay. the Hunter, despite the okay. fact I know absolutely nothing. Fair. About I think that I think that's a fair assessment. Um, definitely, I was intrigued as well. I do like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Um, I liked the brutality of it, so that I think they won't veer away from that with the character, which I think is cool. So you know, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we do have we do have another trailer if you yes. wanted to get that talked about now this is um luca guadagnino's new movie yeah. that is apparently already getting look out for this for awards season next yeah, year kind right. of you know zendaya and the conversation and um with challengers so this movie about yes. this like tennis prodigy who's um kind of in the prime of her career um, she kind of has this relationship with these two other tennis players leading to her eventually marrying one of them, but the, the competitiveness hasn't died down between the two men. She gets injured and ultimately ends up having to be the coach of her husband and the two men end up having to play each other. So it's kind of building to seemingly her, you know, and how she's feeling about losing her career 
having to train her husband and the competitiveness between her, her and a man who also had feelings for her. And so it's all of these really messy feelings wrapped up in this kind of sports drama. So it looks pretty intense. Yeah. Um, I'll sure. be honest with you. I think this is a really good trailer. Yeah. It sets you up everything you would need to know about this movie without actually, of course, giving you the satisfaction of seeing the intensity yeah. come to pass. But the fact that, you know, the character Zendaya's playing is lauded as the next big thing in tennis, you know, and she has this knee injury that we actually do see in yeah. this trailer, um, which ends her entire career very, very young. But yeah, like you said, she has these two guys kind of vying for her attentions for basically her entire life since they all got involved in tennis. They were all kind of hanging around when they were like 18, 19 and just starting yeah. right before she got her injury. But obviously years later, we see years later have passed in the trailer. Like you said, she's married one of them, but the other dude still around still a good tennis player much like her own husband is still yeah. around still a good tennis player so it, it is yeah it's gonna come to to a head it looks like a very stressful yeah, movie very emotional kind of just messy feelings wrapped up together yeah you've got to admit luca guadagnino's got history with making movies with very messy relationships. Yes, yeah. So he's pretty good at being able to convey really sometimes tough to watch, not hard to watch in a nasty sense, but tough to watch in a just kind of it hits you in the gut sense. Yeah. Um, which I think I think this movie looks like it's going to do. I think Zendaya's going open up in everybody's estimations anyway oh, yeah. she's mm -hmm. she's just flying yeah and rightfully so because she's kind of great um her star power is exploding and it should be yeah um definitely. i i i would say that the if this was old hollywood the you know the studios would have a plan for Zendaya to win the Oscar within the next two years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whether that will happen or not, she's probably on the tra tra trajectory, trajectory. Horrible word to try and say <laughs> to to do something like that. Whether yeah. it's this movie, whether it's a, a, a future movie, perhaps this movie gives every everybody the major movie version of a really great dramatic Zendaya because I think we've we've obviously seen a side character in the MCU we've seen yeah. her on television do good dramatic work yes you've seen she's been in smaller movies yeah that have been uh, whether passion projects or, or just kind of really tiny yeah but also just in have got the claim yeah, and behind the behind the scenes, being a producer, I think on yeah. on Euphoria as well as being in it and winning Emmys and awards and yeah. accolades and all of that. So this just looks like the next level of of kind of real top quality movie with one of your 
really better peak level directors that you're working with now. You know, Luca Guadagnino has really crafted a name for himself in the last under 10 years, eight years, something like that. And anybody that is working with him, anybody that wants to work with him, anybody that he wants to work with, they're only going to improve each other's careers. I think that's the situation you're dealing with here. A little bit like Yorgos Lanthimos, really, who I suppose makes weirder movies, (laughs) but perhaps equal trajectory, horrible word again, but an appropriate one. Yes. And I always seem to get them confused. I always seem to get like their movies confused with each other. I don't know why, because obviously their movies are very different from each other. But which one's Guadagnino, which one's Lanthimos? I don't know yeah. why. Maybe it's because Yorgos sounds like Guadagnino. I don't okay. know. It doesn't really, but <laughs> I don't know. That's just one of those things where in my brain they are interchangeable people, yet they yes. should not be. Of course they should not be. That's not the point, though. The point is, I do have a lot of faith in Luca Guadagnino, and I have a lot of faith in Zendaya, Zendaya. Mm-hmm. who is, is, is the absolute lead of this movie. I can't say I've ever really seen the two male leads yeah, me neither. in anything, or even really heard of them. Um, so you have to assume this is Zendaya's movie. Yeah. Entirely. And... I think it looks it looks really good. It looks really intense. Yeah. Really I suppose emotionally powerful while you know it, it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be a tough watch. I just think it's going to be a, a maybe a, a bit stressful of relationship yeah. watch. Yeah. You know, you're going to want characters to make certain decisions that they're not going to make yeah and decisions that they do make are going to have that you know they're going to promote that reaction provoke that reaction from you which is what a movie like this should definitely yes isn't that exactly what call me by your name did yes it's gonna be messy but that's kind of what you want so yeah and it's gonna give her an excuse to kind of go off which you know we like we like we we like that yeah we like that so i i hate the look of this movie because it's going to stress you out to high hell but but looks like we're going to get some really great story and great performances for sure yeah i think it's going to be really really good it's nice. It's nice that we're getting trailers for for that kind of movie yeah. now as well. You know, we got that Poor Things trailer as well that we talked about, Lanthimos movie. Mm-hmm. You're starting to get, you know, in June now, mid June, you're starting to get trailers for those nice October November releases. Yes, and getting you know out of are our actually big... going to be the best movies of the year. Yes, and getting uh, away from our big or attempting to be big summer sequels and remakes and franchise fair so we're gonna get into some like wonderful original type stuff so which we always like we We always like we do we do have uh, a few little news pieces as well that we did want to talk about one of which being that major movie studios 
um, are not going to be turning up for the big San Diego Comic Con this year. Yeah. Uh, your Marvel isn't there. I don't think Warner Brothers DC's there. I don't think Sony's there. Yeah. Um, but you know, especially someone like Marvel, who those Marvel San Diego those are the biggest are always draws, biggest panels. We get so much news and information, and they lay out the whole plan. But because of the writer strike, and obviously, I think there's things going on. I think they actually set the date for Jonathan Major's trial. So I don't know if they're kind of oh have they? Yes, for August third, and it's seemingly okay. like he has a lot of evidence in his favor, from what I'm seeing. Okay. Um, so I think maybe they're waiting on that to really delve into the future of all of those projects. So they really, that stuff's kind of up in the air, not just from writer's yeah. strike, but also from kind of their star that's really leading the charge of the next phase. Um, so they really have nothing Is they can share. Is he actually a horrible person or not? Yes, yes. Um... So, yeah, they're kind of in a in a limbo, a lot of things. So not surprising, but it's like those were the biggest draws, I think, for Comic-Con. So what does that mean for what we are or what people are going to get out of Comic-Con? Because, I mean, there are all, all other things, obviously, but those were always kind of like the biggest panels and all of that. So, yeah, well, obviously, I know I know this you know, San Diego Comic Con is is a massive news. It's basically a massive news day, isn't it? Or yeah. news week. Yeah. That you just get a load, a load of movie news. And it's not really about celebrating comics <laughs> or, or movies or anything like that. I actually think when things get that big, yeah. they should just stop pretending to be what they're not. You know? Yeah. Like San Diego Comic Con. No, it, it's not. It's just an expo now. It, it's <laughs> Essentially. Just a, it's, just, it's a place where a load of people pay thousands of dollars yeah. to go, stand in queues, wait to get in a sweaty room with about five famous people sat down answering the same questions. You've heard them answer in the interview they gave last week on some YouTube channel that you, you yeah. are subscribed to. So what's really the point? Just so you can be there and do it? I don't, I don't get the point. Maybe people that go, maybe people that have been once or twice, maybe people that go all the time can tell me what the appeal certain, is i mean it's yeah something... there is a certain appeal to it but i would I, ha, I see an appeal with something smaller with something on a smaller scale something that's you know maybe very i don't know maybe very grateful to have some of the names they have been able to get like little film festivals and things like that when they get reasonably big name people to come and do an announcement do a QA yeah. or whatever. It feels like such a big deal. Whereas for like the big ones, it's just oh everybody's there. It's always the same. Everybody's there. We take things for granted. And I think that's sometimes what I feel is the case with San Diego Comic Con. I feel like it it just from everything I've learned about it since getting into that the, kind this of movie world space over the last yeah. 10 mm -hmm. years or something like that, I've become less and less 
intrigued by anything that happens there because a lot of the news that gets put put out there like what makes the difference of it being put out there to just being put out at any point just because it's there does it actually generate more buzz that it's put out there than it would do the week after or is it just because this event that san diego comic-con is has become so bigger than itself that everybody feels like they have to be there and like in this situation that we're going to have this year when no major major people are there yes okay there'll be some you know the, the paramounts of the world and, yeah. and things like that may be there but your major major two which is always Marvel and Warner Brothers always is your major, you know, yes. Disney, Marvel, Warner Brothers, DC, it's always your major, major yeah. two of San Diego Comic-Con. They're not going to be there. Yeah. It it almost, I feel like a, a lot of people's reaction to this is, is going to be, oh, that's a shame. You know, wow. What's, what's it going to be like not having them there? How are we going to know anything? Yeah, Whereas I'm going to get any here, new. <laughs> yeah. Whereas I'm sat here going, well, actually, no, this is a good thing because it'll stop San Diego Comic Con thinking it's the best thing ever. <laughs> and it might actually make Disney, Marvel, and, and Warner Brothers DC realize that any news they may want to put out, which they will have to delay putting out now yeah. to a later date. Yes, okay, there's reasons, writers' strikes, trials, whatever situations yeah. are going on. <laughs> but why will that news not get the same traction a month later? What It will. Yeah. A good trailer that gets put out is going to generate the same buzz whatever day it gets put out. True. <laughs> if people are excited for that movie. So maybe I'm just sat here going... That's this isn't the... a big deal for me. <laughs> okay. I mean, Comic-Con is something I've always wanted to do just to be a part of the experience, someone who enjoys cosplay. I've been to other cons. So, um, you know, I like the vibe and the energy that you get when you do these things. I think the panels can be fun, um, depending on the information you're getting. Like, I went to D23, and it was really great being in that big room, having all of the different... Uh, like the, with the big Disney panel, we got to see stuff from Avatar. We got to see um, the Indiana Jones stuff, all the stuff coming with the new shows, all the actors coming out. So, I mean, I get the energy of all of that. I don't but... think I mind stuff like D23 because it's focused. It's one company doing yeah. one thing. Yeah. It's not when trying to be bigger different than things. Okay. Like, I get what you mean. You know? Yeah. Maybe I just think each major things should have one day of an expo or one yeah. weekend you know rather than yeah. all trying to mangle it That's into it, one, to thing. one thing and it's like just sensory overload a little bit yeah fair point. i don't know fair point. i don't i don't mean to over or i don't mean to uh overpower the conversation no you're good you're good but... <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, so just wondering know. how how fans who are going feel about you know, not getting these big panels this year and how, how that's going to go and what what are going to be the standouts or what is going to now maybe potentially get 
time to shine without having these big panels kind of take over. So it'll be curious to see the climate of Comic-Con this year without that. But we will be doing our own fun thing that weekend. So no, we, certainly <laughs> we certainly will. We haven't even told people yet. No, have we? We haven't. Let's not tell them yet. Okay. Let's not tell them yet. Okay. Let's wait <laughs> another. In fact, this is episode 48 of, it, of, uh, of Monday Madness. I'd like to just point out okay. there. What is today's date as of the air date of this show it's the 26th 26th yes 26th is the air date of the show let's do a little on air admin shall we oh how fun so episode 50 of monday madness is going to air on the 10th of july Okay. Episode 50 is going to air on the 10th of July. And I think, Janine, that is an appropriate time to announce. Okay. So, I think that's fair. Because that works. That, works. that definitely Episode works. 50, exciting things. Yes. Good times. So, yeah. Don't you? Just right. more of a reason to stick around to episode 50. Okay. Good listeners and viewers of Monday Madness. Yes. Um. Yes. I forgot what we were talking about there. We were moving on, I think. Yes, from the Comic-Con. Yes, news topic, which I'm sure probably, I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat excited. I'm as excited as I can be. But, I mean, news like this doesn't necessarily tend to boggle my mind and make my eyes pop out of my skull. Mm-hmm. But Linda Hamilton is apparently going to be in Stranger Things Season 5 now, I think you're a bigger Stranger Things fan than I am anyway. Yes. I enjoy Stranger Things, but I do think you're a bigger fan than I am. Yes, so yes. this is more up your alley <laughs> than mine. Um, yes, and you know my love for the Terminator. I mean, obviously I have my two Terminator heads behind yes, me. Yes, you are. This um, is Terminator. Yes, it is my birthday movie. Judgment Day is on my birthday. I love that first film for being this sci-fi horror, really cool, small little indie movie, but still crafting this really great story. Um, and leading to T2, which is an, an amazing movie. Um, so I and I love what Stranger Things does with this kind of nostalgia casting, you know, casting actors like uh Winona Ryder and um Sean Astin and um so, you know, people that, you know, Paul Reiser, so people we know yeah. from like 80s movies and and bringing them into the into the show and um, just even molding. Yes. So, you know, we can kind of go back to the characters we remember them playing in these nostalgic movies and then pulling that into here. I think that was like a fun thing with Paul Reiser's casting. They purposely cast him in this role as this doctor so that we would be suspicious of him but purely based off his role in Aliens. Um, like, could we trust him or not? So, you know, I think that's the funnest part of the show that they really play into the 80s aesthetic. I think people kind of maybe don't like it for that or think it leans too hard into, um, you know, basic nostalgia things and and, um, maybe they get annoyed with it or they're tired of it. But I, that's one of my favorite things about the show. So to cast somebody like Linda Hamilton, um, who's really popularized in, um, big nostalgic movies and a big nostalgic franchise, I think will be really fun. So I'm curious to see who, like who she's playing, what she's going to do. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for this new season to see where things kind of go and continue because we ended on a pretty hard note 
And this last season was really sad. <laughs> we had a it, lot of painful elements. Um, I, so. I, I happen to think Stranger Things season four ended so well yeah. that I feel like I, I kind of hated the very end of it. Hate is a strong word. But the fact with. it was all, oh, it now is entirely the upside down every world everything's coming all the demons are actually they're all there it's taking really over like wh why not just leave the entire thing on hawkins is destroyed essentially everybody's a lot of people have died it's very depressing people leave and move on why not leave it as that because that's what happened <laughs> with some characters at the yeah. end Stranger Things season four, they left major characters, main characters left the town. Ooh, a nice way to end. Going on, putting things behind us, moving on, away from the sadness. Oh no, let's get dragged back into it all for a yeah. fifth and final season. I think it's biting off more than it can chew a little bit, Stranger Things, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, the way they ended it, you have to kind of continue that story because now we're you just do stuck with the with, very end with a, a, yes. a, com a comatose Max. So I would like to see a, a resolution to that. Um, I think also people, you know, fell completely in love with Eddie Munson. And if there's any kind of way <laughs> to bring him back in some way, I think that would be a big draw for fans of the show as well. Uh, um, yeah, but people should be just, people, but I think people were, is, but I th also think people issue. were, but I think people were even kind of done with the show going into season four and then having yeah. breakout characters like Eddie Munson and Vecna, this really scary villain and really circling back to stuff that happened in the, in the first season and really fleshing yeah. out that story to be this bigger bad and making that connection um, really cool. And um, I mean, obviously more fun casting Robert England as well in there. Um, yes, of course he was. Made season four a better season than I think people expected. So I, I, I think uh, season five being a final season, closing out this story, I think is, is I think is plausible and I think it works. It, it's the right thing to do. Yes, I don't. I, I think continuing five. on maybe after five would feel like overkill. Would feel like too much. Would feel like now they're just trying to find stories, which I want to say three kind of felt a little like that. It did. Um, so that's why I think people were fed up by four, but they were able to really come back with four really well. So I'd yeah, be happy to agree. see more with five and really tie everything up nicely with a fifth season and just be done after that. I would agree, but that's also why. Because I think season four was, you know, really strong, really well rounded, and tied very well to the very beginning of the entire show, is that full circle aspect not a great way to finish? I know it's yeah. got loose threads there. I know it had yeah. loose threads there. But you could, if you wanted to have season four be the finale finale of the show. Those yeah. loose threads could have been tied up. They are left loose because you have a season five, and they knew yeah. they were always going. There was always going to be. A yes, five. yes. But it could have quite easily just been either people are dead, or and we're just trying to are yeah. moving on. Yes, but so, they did leave it open. So yeah, I'm excited to see 
yeah so i'm really excited to see what linda hamilton does because i really do love her i i i am somebody who really enjoyed terminator dark fate i had fun i really enjoyed her in that movie that was the latest one <laughs> yes it was that was the latest yes. one yes with so what's her name what's it what's her what's her name the oh mackenzie no, something the, the the blonde woman oh god oh i'm useless the Terminator in that? Yeah. Yeah, isn't her name Mackenzie something? McKen oh, I don't know. Am I thinking of the complete wrong thing? Am I thinking We're... of the... Oh, am I going to lose my mind again? What? What are you talking am about? I, am, I am, I, am I actually thinking of the complete wrong thing? Mackenzie somebody. Am I thinking... Oh, yeah. No, I was thinking of somebody completely different. You are right. You are right. You are, of course, right. Yes. I'm an idiot. Mackenzie Davis. Davis. <laughs> Who the hell was I thinking of? I don't know. Were you thinking of the I... of the third Terminator movie? <laughs> no, I. I don't know. I'm getting my fairly tall blonde action stars mixed up again. I think. Oh, okay. Well, I'm saying I really loved old Linda Hamilton. As, yes. Um, Yes. coming in and just being really surly and you know tough still and uh very much feeling like the same character we met in terminator 2 so uh i i really like her and uh, i'm really excited to see her because yeah i think that's just a fun bit of casting like that was probably the best thing about the show riverdale was their fun like you're doing this teen show and casting as the parents these like iconic like teen actors so yeah. you know you have your Luke Perry and your um, um what's her name I can't remember her name uh I don't know I didn't watch Riverdale and I've um what was her name people's names. Uh, Robin Givens she she was uh, like the principal and I think uh, Josie's mom uh, from Josie and the Pussycats because they were they were okay. in that show as well um so yeah and she was in a like a teen series like head of the class or something like that Who's so this person you're trying to think of them what <laughs> movies were they in? she was the she was the woman married to Mike Tyson she did movies with Eddie Murphy like um Boomerang she's a black actress oh, oh dear sorry <laughs> terrible useless people yes Yes, you're very useless today, Morgan. I'm, I am um, <laughs> absolutely useless with people's names. Yes. Um, Sorry about that. Yes. But I figure you would just maybe know her in general from pop culture history because she was she did have a big kind of tumultuous marriage to Mike Tyson. But um, I know no one from pop culture history. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, so, yeah, that was something I loved about Riverdale, casting as the parents, like these, you know, known teen actors of their era. Uh, so I love that Stranger Things, you know, really cherry picks actors that, you know, we know and love from um, really nostalgic things and pulling them into this series that is steeped in nostalgia. So I'm really excited to see her. Yes. Good. Good. Um, I think one thing that did actually get us both... Not not riled up, I suppose that's the wrong word to use. Passionate. <laughs> passionate about okay. a certain topic that we obviously love very dearly. Is this whole situation Mr. Zorboff? Oh, yeah. Who we refer uh, we, we, we we call Zaslav Zorboff because it sounds more like a super, super villain. villain. <laughs> yes. And it's appropriate for him, really. Um 
basically cutting significantly down on on turner classic movies now turner classic movies is of course a more mainly an american thing it does have its british counterpart which isn't on free-to-air channels yes and i do think they have their own streaming service as well but they are also connected to hbo and max so you there is like a tcm section on max yeah there's not you know there's not which there isn't that in britain either but obviously i am fully aware of the importance of tcm of turner classic and we should all be very aware of the importance of that the fact that it is looking like he is wanting to push it to the side and you know not propel it up yeah or or where it should be yes or potentially even like just kind of shut it down because he's already fired i think three big executives from tcm and the concern is strong enough that we're getting three huge directors paul thomas anderson martin scorsese and steven spielberg getting on an emergency call with him to implore him not to get rid of tcm because it is really important what they do with sharing and preserving classic movies so yeah like this man is a complete idiot i think he's proven that in a lot of ways um many many times he has proven this now and obviously the celebration the preservation and the love of old movies is something we obviously yeah are super very yeah (laughs) very very into our entire main show it's a wonderful podcast every single friday on the it's a wonderful podcast feed is dedicated to celebrating and giving a platform to old movies that may or may not be forgotten about tcm turner classic movies does that on at least a national front yes the u.s if not a worldwide front and why would you want to stop that you are not only cancelling out so much entertainment for people but so much integral important education on movie history on on 20th century history because so much context from the real world can be gathered from yes and how much certain times yes how things have changed with the studio systems and the haze code and so much history in terms of how studios were run and um roles people were getting and you know the kind of grooming of certain actors and actresses to be this person that you needed them to be for your studio and um really a great history and all of that and also you just don't get the movies that you have today without the blueprint of these films watch something like it happened one night and tell me that that is not you know your kind of blueprint for something for um, the modern rom-coms that we have today yeah for Um, for every modern rom-com yes Uh, so so yeah these movies are really important in terms of showing a part of hollywood history of film history um highlighting great actors that um you know did some amazing things that inspired a lot of actors who we see today 
Um, and they're they're just and there's some great movies. Like if you love movies, there are some great stories that you can find in classic films. So the fact I mean, that he's even contemplating minimizing it or getting rid of it altogether is just really heartbreaking. Yes, I mean that sort of stuff should go without saying as the head of a major movie studio which has itself got some of the very best old Hollywood movies yeah. under its banner, Warner Brothers, to continue that unfortunate mindset which I always try and fight against, and I think, you know, we try and fight against it, doing It's a Wonderful Podcast, doing the main show, is that attitude of it's an old movie, why do I care about it? It's too old, I only care about new movies. I can't stand that mentality. Yes, you don't know, you don't know. You think these movies are stale and boring? Go watch something with Marlena Dietrich where she's wearing a suit and kissing a woman. Or see Mae West just make men fall at their feet and is being comedic and sassy and sexy and risque and eating men alive. Like... Exactly. Watch great couples like Nick and Nora from the Thin Man movies. And uh, especially if you have this notion of like, you know, a disparity between how men and women uh, kind of are in gender roles in that era and see this couple who are very much equals and respect each other and are on the same level. Um, so there are so many rewarding things you can find in in classic films not just about movie history but great performances and great stories and great directors and people who are innovating in their time um if you're somebody who loves visual effects go back and watch movies with amazing visual effects and know how limited they were and great kind of practical ideas and uh really interesting you know if you're a cinematographer into cinematography look at some great shots that that cinematographers and great directors were able to get in that era with you know the little they had at the time or you know the creation of more tools to you know film capture things on film a lot differently or more improved so there's so much to love and learn from classic movies if you respect creativity within movie making you're never going to find more creativity than you do with old hollywood directors and i mean that very genuinely because of the levels of censorship they faced yeah they still had to tell really stories yeah which is why i have my such big fondness for film noir because all of the horrible topics that you're dealing with yeah but they have to do it in a way to pass the haze code and these really tough restrictions yeah they have to be reserved while still actually making it make sense having the impact that those stories should have the violence that those stories should have the sexual tension that those stories should have it is all the grayness of a person you know it it is all there in film noir you go to pre-code you have it all frankly in front of you and we love pre-code movies for that but the modern feeling that they have yeah this is Zorboff not having respect 
for the history of movies. Yes, and I want to say he's actually, yeah, and I want to say he is quoted as saying something to that effect that he does have this great respect for classic films and blah blah whatever. But yeah, doesn't seem like it. He's real quick to save a buck where he can. It does not. Yes, it does not seem like it, because if you really did, then you would be promoting these movies way more than you're promoting your drivel that you're making that might just happen to be a new release. Yes, okay, that's what's going to make you immediate money. But if you actually care, and I think this is a serious problem with a studio with a studio head in that position, if they do not genuinely have care for the art and creativity of making movies, then we're on a dangerous, dangerous path. Because yeah, he literally how is... how anyone can look at all those wonderful old movies yeah. that TCM has in their vault, in their you know register to play, to show, to have their month star of the months, to have their you know weekend specials tonight's movie have the intros the presentation of them on those channels through their streaming service the love and passion and dedication that the hosts and presenters of tcm have those individuals had making those movies at that time you are forgetting all of that. You are forcibly making people forget all of that. You are continuing this mentality of why do I care about older movies when you should be so thankful for those older movies. Definitely. Those older movies, you should be celebrating way more than any new movie, even if it's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Because that's what came before. You don't have anything if you don't have that. Yeah. And I mean, I use TCM as a tool for us. You know, when I'm going to look for something that we're going to cover on It's a Wonderful Podcast, I go straight to TCM. And, you know, you talk about them really kind of doing a great job curating all of that. Well, I go in there and I see they have split it up in these great different highlighting of different actors or directors. Um, How I found the really great movie that we talked about on Friday was um, through them having a pride section in in the little TCM. uh, Yes. Yes. So a movie I never would have heard of talking about kind of the history, um, the painful history that homosexuals faced in UK at the time in the 60s. Um, and and... I wouldn't have even heard of that movie if you hadn't brought it up to me. Thanks to TCM. This yeah. is the point. Mm-hmm. This is the point. You are stopping people from that discovery, getting, from from that discovery, from that artistic discovery educational discovery and from endless 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 hours of entertainment with such wonderful wonderful movies of all types of genres of all types and styles and craziness from the weirdest of stuffy romance movies that you got in the 40s and things like that yeah 
to the craziness of a pre-cold sex comedy. Yeah. To but even concepts and race things. race movies of the 50s and 60s. Yes. I mean, before you had... Yeah, musicals. before you had black exploitation movies, you had black people creating their own movies um, and their own kind of set of films with things like Cabin yeah. in the Sky um, and Stormy Weather uh, to make a space for themselves. Uh, so just great things you can discover. I think a lot of people maybe don't even think about that aspect of of, of black history in film as well because i think they you know just see the big boom of black exploitation and that being the biggest era of black people really trying to find a space for themselves in the world of cinema but you can go back even further and find evidence about the very beginning yeah yeah so very, very so so much to learn from classic films definitely i mean i think we watch a lot of films and when we discuss them on the show we talk about how topical things feel from those movies. I think that recent Spencer Tracy movie we discussed, it had a lot of elements yeah, that felt very relatable to what the world looks like today. Um, like, I think, you know, a concept that is now used commonly in today's dialect of gaslighting is based on a Gas very old movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the movie Gaslight. Oh. <laughs> a, a wonderful, wonderful, nasty, horrible noir drama that Gaslight is. The most despicable manipulation possible, but what a fantastic, fantastic movie. movie. And it's a term that now is part of today's lexicon of language, and it's based on a movie, a classic movie. So, so for just, God's sake, yeah, for God's Zorbob. sake. Buy physical <laughs> media releases of old movies yeah. and thank whatever gods you may believe in that there are still channels, there are still people, there are where still many people out there. Yeah. Yes, where you get access to all of it that are promoting all of this. And it's not Turner Classic Movies' fault. I love Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. I'm not even that of a big viewer of Turner Classic Movies, because I'm in Britain, who it isn't on free to access TV here. We don't have the TCM streaming service either, but we have our equivalent. Yeah. You know, TCM does have a UK equivalent, but we don't have, like, you know, all the cable TV that you would call it cable TV. Yeah. You know, with eighty-four thousand channels and all that sort of stuff, we, yeah. we we don't have that. We don't we don't have that, so yeah. we don't get TCM. But but I'm you can respect the, it for what it does and the importance yeah. of it for sure. As, I have as, the as... I have the TCM YouTube channel. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. I'm so very aware of the importance of something like that, and it's yeah. disgraceful that the head of its studio is thinking it doesn't is, see is it's trying really think, yeah to minimize it yeah it really is i just hope those working directly for tcm can show their passion even even harder than they do every day yeah to 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 bring that through to as many people because everybody deserves that opportunity definitely to watch those movies to get into those movies to discover those movies to be 
educated on movie history in that way because it's such a fascinating area a fascinating topic and is so far from the boring black and white stodginess that idiots will have you believe because they don't like watching movies from before 2010 yeah because oh it doesn't feel right shut up and go on watch mm -hmm. you know yeah i don't know i couldn't think of a movie i couldn't think of a movie shut up and go and watch night of the hunter yes <laughs> you tell me that you're not impressed exactly you know i don't get it i don't get it it's it's horrible anyway yeah. I suppose we'll have to move on from that conversation, yes. <laughs> Janine. Um, we did have a couple of, of reviews of things, so I don't know if you wanted to kind of merge both of them into what we'll call our Let's Talk, because we do yeah. have a couple of, yeah. of reviews, really. Um, we'll start with episode one of Marvel's Secret Invasion, yes, which came on Disney Plus this week. Um, Wednesday, I think it's airing on Wednesdays, yeah. so that's yeah. nice, isn't it? Yes, yeah, not a Sunday show, totally screwing not a up. Sunday, <laughs> it's always nice. Um, it's come under flack for having uh, an artificial intelligence intro, which yes. I actually hate, and I use the term hate very meaningfully this time because. <laughs> It is revolt. Here's another revolting bit of disgracefulness. How you can, how you can do that? Yeah, I mean, and especially how... in this climate of people of creatives fearing for their jobs, creatives fighting for, you know, the value of what they do and what they bring to the world of TV and movies, and then you're going to do something like that, which just feels like you know you're the richest, one of the richest corporations, and you can't pay somebody to create this for you. Like you know, pay it, pay it like you've done with everything else. Yeah. Pay a team of people to create your your open your intro. Why yeah. have it be generated? It, it's, and then uh, it, they want to be movement into just yes. disgusting territory. And then when they are asked any more kind of, I think I've seen some things where when they were asked a little bit more detail about it, they just didn't say they didn't address it at all. So obviously, if you're kind of afraid to address it, you know that there's something wrong with doing something like this. If you were so proud of it, then you would be out here talking about it or defending it or something. Um, but yeah, and, and they could be leaning towards the thought, well, you know, it's it's uh, kind of a commentary on the show itself and, you know, artificial intelligence mocking the real, real people. And I don't know if, you know, that is kind of the... Oh the impetus for doing something like this is them trying to play it off as some commentary on the topics of the show itself but um, I don't know. if that is, if that is if that is what it is then i want many people to come out with actual genuine comments that that was the intention mm, behind yeah. it and not just one half-hearted kind of oh well that which is i think kind of what we've gotten really. yeah which i think is kind I of i want literally seen, everybody yeah. involved with the thing Everybody. Stand behind with this choice, Stan. Yeah. You know, to come put out this out say, there with your whole chest and say this was purposeful. Yeah, it was purposeful. We did it like this because the scrolls are taking over. You don't know who's who, and it's all about a commentary um, on that. Yeah, a commentary of lack of trust and um, 
humanity becoming less human. So yeah. we thought we'd be interested about it and have robots make our intro rather than human beings. To which we can all then turn around and say, you know what? Okay, that's credit to you for going right. there, but for, yeah. for going that extra mile. But at this point, it looks lazy and yeah. it looks horrible. And it looks and like a cash. Like you're trying to save money and cut corners. Again. We yeah. can't we can't be keeping having this sort of stuff happen because if it happens now, something else does it, and then something else does it. Yeah. And then we really start to worry. Yeah. Then we need to really start to worry. I don't want to focus too much on that aspect of it because I actually quite, I actually quite was quite into this opening episode. Yeah, I don't think I mean, it necessarily flies off the screen. No, it, it's but... it, it's a little slow in the middle, kind of getting into you know leading up to our finale of the episode. Um, but I think that's kind of what a first episode does. You're really setting up these yeah. stakes and the characters. We're catching up with Nick Fury and what he's you know what he's tasked to do now that he's back. Why is he back and all of that? So, um, you know, setting up these new characters will be. I suppose we should say we'll spoiling. be bringing up spoilers. Yes. In spoilers, this particular spoilers. conversation. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, of course, your first episode is going to be a little bit slow in terms of just having to introduce all these new people and set up where we are and what the motivations are. Um, so I get that. Like, I was able to kind of sit in it and, and be okay with where it was taking me and just try to take in all this new information um, because it does lead to a pretty harsh and surprising ending in general so well i'd say it leads to a pretty harsh and surprising beginning too yes yeah whether i see i was quite unsure because we open really with 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 martin freeman with everett yes yeah who has been a and really yeah some years in the mcu he's been yes. he's been around i want to say since age of voltron Ish. Was he in Age of Ultron? Or was it Civil War? Winter... Oh, Winter yes. Soldier? No, Civil War. So... Civil War. Quite yes. a while then. Quite yeah, a it while. It was Civil War. I do believe so, yeah. That Everett Ross has been in this um, in this franchise for, in this series for, in the MCU. He seems to be a scroll. Yeah, so kicking off is this series. Is he a scroll or is this a scroll impersonating him? It is unclear. Yes. So to to kick off a character that we have known and a familiar face as a scroll right off the bat really sets up what we're dealing with in terms of who can we trust. Um, yeah. So I think that was that was kind of a smart opening for sure. Especially given what we know what we have known Everett Ross to do in, say, the Black Panther movies. Yeah. When he's been such an aide to the Wakandans. Yeah. Um, in, in both movies. To having seemingly have been a Skrull rebel. Yeah. This entire time is, is quite a surprising way to open this series. Um, but it, what I got from this first episode is an awful lot of this idea of mistrust this idea of confusion 
for ev- for all these characters this yeah. idea of the scroll invasion the secret invasion of the title yeah goes so much deeper than most people think it goes yeah and talos who's back you know ben mendelson from captain mm-hmm. marvel um he's obviously our good scroll who you know is on the side of humans and wants peace and all this kind of good yeah. stuff and okay we like this i've always been a little bit like hmm ben mendelson can we trust really? him and his can we trust ben, Men- <laughs> ben mendelson typical villain person yeah. that he is oh are you sure seems so seems so yeah. i mean that's what talos was in captain marvel yeah. he was seemingly a villain scroll who turned out to actually be quite pleasant so maybe i'm actually unfairly judging mr ben <laughs> maybe it's a little bit yeah. he can actually play nice people as well yeah. um but he is kind of our indication into just how intense the i suppose scroll insurgents yeah. are going to be and can be and have been because it's you know you 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 are really unsure now as to who is who yeah because of the shape-shifting nature of the scrolls anybody could be anybody which is why i think the opening of this episode is so good because it shows us a familiar character but not obviously a major 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 character but a very familiar yeah one. but a familiar face and it's somebody we know to be a good guy um yeah. yeah so it definitely will throw you kind of off kilter like okay now really unsure what to believe who to believe and because it's treated as this kind of spy show as well yeah everything's full of everything's obviously full of secrets everything's full of kind of little intelligence operations and things yeah. like this but the interest the most interesting thing about it really is seeing the i think change in nick fury i mean it's brought up so many times in this opening episode oh the blip changed you fury yeah you've never been the same since the blip he of course was dusted as yeah. i like to say mm-hmm. um yeah away for five years thanks to thanos and his yes, little dusted before he could drop his f-bomb <laughs> He was, which I thought was very unfortunate and somehow led to Chris Pratt being the MCU's first (laughs) F-bomb. Yeah. Which I'm sure Sam Jackson was really upset about. Really upset about, yeah. (laughs) A man known for his profanity. Yes. Um, And rightfully so. But he, he does come across as... I don't want to say past it, but he comes across as lax almost in this yeah. uh, in this first episode. Like he has been away in that kind of space station, yeah, chilling out mm-hmm. or setting something Saber up or whatever, or whatever he was supposed to be yeah. doing. 
for a long time that he has maybe forgotten the intensity of his former job. You know, his yeah, how the, difficult his it can be. Intelligence. Yes job and the trials that do come along with this job yeah yeah and the speed and and the necessity to do everything so precisely that he it doesn't it doesn't go well for him in this episode and he gets kind of he gets on the wrong side of things he is playing the game steps behind everybody else yeah really which is, like I said, it's strange to see. Because he was always somebody that was so ahead of everybody else, that was that knew more than everybody else. Yeah. Even when you maybe thought he didn't. And I think the filmmaker talks about him showing up without an eye patch, which kind of just speaks to, uh, I think Samuel Jackson said, when he has the eye patch, that is Nick Fury at his strongest. So seeing him without it is showing a sense of vulnerability in the character. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, let's not forget he was scratched by a cat. Although it, well, it was, sorry, it wasn't a, a cat. It was whatever stupid a name. A flurkin? A flurkin, yes, I think. <laughs> a cat octopus, I'm going to call it. Yeah. Because it was a cat with tentacles. As far as I can recall. Yes, which, lie. you know, his his uh, epic line delivery would lead us to believe it was a much more interesting story than just a cat flirking, scratching him. Because last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. <laughs> That's just his cadence, Janine. So uh, we don't need your cadence for a cat scratch fever. <laughs> he can't help the way he talks. Everything <sighs> sounds so intense. Yes. I guess, but yeah, he, he really delivered. he really built that up. <laughs> so when we actually saw it, it was like, really, that's it, oh, okay. But um, I guess he did trust Flurkin, so <laughs> he did. But I, I, but I like how he's being allowed to kind of go within himself. Sam Jackson here, yeah. I think it's going to be a far more seriously dramatic performance from sam jackson than we've seen in in a very very long time you know this is not his game this has never been sam jackson's game of being quiet and introspective yes this seems to be what we're getting from fury in this series or at least in this first episode i find it very very interesting he's going to have to deal with tough issues he's going to have to you know deal with sadness with loss yeah and with regaining his competence i suppose as well because obviously nick fury is going to show up in the marvels later on this year yeah so i'm i I, you know i'm like to believe that the marvels takes place after secret invasion which I'm sure yeah. it does because this is Fury's first time being back on Earth, so it must do. So he's obviously not going to come, he's not going to die himself during yeah. this series, but there is one fairly notable, apart from if you consider, is Everett Ross the Scroll dead? I think Everett Ross the Scroll yeah. is dead at the, at the very beginning, so... Perhaps that is the real Everett Ross, who or who we consider the real Everett Ross, and he's dead. But you also get a 
pretty significant loss yeah. at the very end of this opening episode as well, with Maria Hill, who's been there since the Avengers. Yes, yeah, she's been a huge staple of this franchise, been his his right-hand person, and particularly just a, such a painful moment in terms of her potentially dying thinking that she's been betrayed by him. Um, yeah, so, because you the, know. the lead scroll uh, rebel i want to call them scroll rebels the lead scroll rebel shape shifts into, into Nick Fury yeah, yeah at this particular um terrorist event they have set up the, yeah to to set off a bomb moscow yeah. mm-hmm. um the entire episode i think actually takes place in moscow which obviously is at the moment coming under some uh insurgency itself but real world politics aside for potential second russian revolutions in the space of just over a hundred years yes which is weird isn't it to think about i don't want (laughs) to talk about this but but why you always find you circle back to history somehow um It's just insane, right, though? It's, just, it's got nothing to do with secret invasion whatsoever. But the fact there's actually seemingly... I mean, whether this will have all changed by Monday's airing of this episode, I don't know. But there is seemingly an actual political revolution going on in Russia again. Yeah. I mean, it's their own fault, you know? Yes, yes. It's their own fault for being just the worst, really. But that's not the point. It's not Russian people's fault, is it? It's not little Dmitry from St. Petersburg's <laughs> fault. It's one person's fault, really. You picked the most, like, <laughs> known place in the most stereotypical British or Russian Well, name. it's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> you want me to say... <laughs> I want you to talk about Secret Invasion. Weird old leader's fault. That's what that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I want you to talk about Secret Invasion. Um, Secret Invasion. Yes, of course. Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So what we did talk about when I think we were talking about the trailer, um, the introduction of these new characters. We have Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark. Um, yeah, coming into the series, great actresses, and so love seeing them come into the MCU. I liked Olivia Coleman's dynamic with Nick Fury. It felt like there was this kind of old friendship there, but a bit of a rivalry as well. They kind of know each other. They know each other's skill sets and what to expect from each other. Um, so it Is made it for strange, though. Is it strange to have Olivia Coleman's rather? crazy ditzy kind of persona in this in a series as obviously very serious in tone as secret invasion is playing a character that's also like an mi5 operative um no because i I mean, if you know the MCU, you know there's always this kind of jokey undertone. Because even Nick Fury, he's very much being a little jokey himself. So I think it's just, I think it speaks to the dynamic that they have and the comfort level they have with each other. That they can be this way and she doesn't have to be this boss kind of person around him. Um, Maybe it's also her way to disarm people and, you know, 
think of her one way and then, you know, she'll just dig it and be ruthless when you least expect it. So I think it works, especially because of how Nick is reacting to her and how their banter is kind of doing a little bit of a silly thing. Um, I think it just speaks to the characters and how they feel when they're around each other and how they choose to act when they're around each other. So I saw it as a way of speaking to the characters. So I, I get that. I get that. Amelia Clark, I do find really interesting, actually, because it's revealed she is Talos's daughter. Yes, the young scroll that we saw daughter. playing with playing with a young Monica and Captain Marvel. Yes, yeah. Talos's estranged daughter who has joined the uh, the evil scrolls. Yeah, um, as my sign says today. Ah, the scrolls. Because <laughs> yes, because there's a, just a very big group of them. Who, yeah, who they've kicked out Ben Mendelsohn because uh, they're just frustrated with these promises of finding them a new home, and they feel like Nick has Nick Fury has not delivered on that, and so they're just trying to make their own way and potentially just make Earth their home, um, which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> it is, but at the end of the day, the scrolls are still refugees. Yeah. Yes, okay, some of them are being now a little bit extreme about it. Yeah. But they have, you know, you know, people have gone back on their promises they made to them. Yeah. You can't disagree with them on that front. True. Um, I just think perhaps Talos is a little bit more patient and a little bit more understanding. And of, a little bit more trusting of Nick and, and a little the promises that Nick made. Yeah. yeah. But it has been 30 years. Well, and I do like their friendship as well. Got anywhere? Yes, but I do like their friendship as well, and that there's that trust is still there. Like you know, when they first see each other, they kind of put their heads together, which is seemingly like a scroll kind of connection, handshake type, yeah. you know, show of love type thing. So I liked that that was there um, between the two of them still after all this time. Yeah, it's. I was. I was. I was. I was into this. It doesn't. Like I said, it doesn't fly off the screen, yeah. but I think it sets up a real quietly intense, intriguing situation that I think is going to have big ramifications for the world of the MCU. Yeah. Really. And given that we seem to get two fairly major character deaths, not major, major A-list character deaths, but certainly Staple. Staple, staple character, character regular death. character yes death. really you know memorable i uh, ally character deaths yeah which is is something i think the mcu has come under fire for not doing yeah you know often enough and then everybody will point to, oh, well, look what they did in Endgame. Well, yeah, that was because it was literally the biggest movie in the entire yeah. world. On top and... of ending of 10 or so years of contracts yeah. and people wanting to potentially move on and them ushering this new phase of younger people as these people are getting super old. Exactly. <laughs> so but there were a lot of factors. <laughs> but sometimes it just works to for emotional effect in yeah. stories. Yeah. To kill off regular characters. Yes, and give you that sense of um, discomfort and danger where you, you kind of are worrying now for any character that you love. Yeah, so. you really are. So yeah. I, I definitely got that from it. I, I 
I enjoyed that first episode. Yeah, I think it laid it everything cool. out really well. I think it introduced the new characters and their dynamics really well. We got a really gut punch ending. So I think it gives us something really interesting to expect going forward. Um, on top of Nick already being completely the most vulnerable we've ever seen him. Now he's going to be dealing with the loss of his most trusted ally and and live with the guilt of her potentially thinking that he's the one who did it. So, you know, to have to try to focus on everything he has to focus on on top of now an, uh, an emotional loss. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how that's going to play. I like that Rhodey's in here. He's going to get some stuff to do. So yes. and probably build up his movie and all of that. So President Dylan McDermott Mulroney. <laughs> yes. He's here as well. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a good setup to where we where we're going and who we who we're dealing with and and what's going on so not not the most you know fast-paced episode but definitely a, a, a solid first episode solid build and introduction to things i think so i think yeah. so well let's get into another nice review we have we 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 spoke about it <laughs> yeah. at the very beginning a little bit but uh the new jennifer lawrence movie no hard feelings yeah released this week um, a, a raunchy rom-com that it certainly was. And did we enjoy this movie? Let's get into a review of No Hard Feelings. I suppose we're going to be talking about spoilers of this movie, yes. even though, God, I mean, it's it's not something that you really that you have kind to... of are worried about getting no, spoiled. No, it's not yeah. something that you're worried about, is it really? But... I suppose you have to say it. You have to say it, don't you? But no hard feelings. I would just like to say I really enjoyed this movie. I think this was a stressful movie as well, though. <laughs> Much like I think Challengers is going to be. Yeah, but in a different way, I guess. In a different way. This was a little bit of... I suppose a little bit of second-hand embarrassment stress. Yeah. But also just like people being so stupid, stress of just <laughs> oh for God's sake, stop act actively hating yourself. Everyone in this movie, yeah. you know, it's like just uh, have some sort of fun and spontaneity, please. Just do yeah. things. This is what this movie is trying to teach you, is trying to, the message of the movie is really to move on, I suppose, is ultimately this message of the movie is open yourself up. Yeah. Don't get, you know, challenge yourself to be discomforted and it will actually be beneficial for you as a person. You know, you can become too familiar and too safe and too comfortable in your own little world of yeah. never doing anything and never going anywhere, which both of our main characters deal with in very different yeah. ways. And I, and I like that kind of juxtaposition of the two of them seemingly being in the same situation, but just in different aspects of their lives. I mean, wildly different aspects, given yeah. the fact that, you know, our our male lead, who I forget the name of the actor now, I've never, ever seen him before. No, I've never seen him. Uh, Andrew Barth Feldman. 
as Andrew Percy. Barth Feldman. He Barth. was great. Barth. Andrew Barth Feldman is what I'm going to call him. No, that's not what I'm going to call him. That would be insulting. That's terrible. That's so mean. Especially after all the stuff you just talked about, how this poor guy went through in yes. this movie. He did. He went through a horrible situation, really. Yeah, but then he, even when he's serious talking... issues. Yeah, but even when he's talking about being bullied in school and you know, kids making fun of him, and so him kind of having to leave, and yeah. and and this kind of setting up the trajectory of him really being this person of just not wanting to make friends and being very isolated and um, all of that. So, yes, I have no, a lot of sympathy for no more bullying him. <laughs> no more bullying him. I have a lot of sympathy for him. I also have a lot of sympathy for for Jennifer Lawrence's character for for Maddie. Yeah, as well. I think the movie does a really good job of getting you to really endear yourself to both characters. Yeah, in that, in those similar ways, um, even though they're obviously very different people, different, even I suppose, different generations, because that's the whole point of this movie. Yes. Is... And the fact that she's like 32 and everyone's calling her somebody's mom and ma'am and old lady. I also kind of hate why was everybody in the why was all the young people in this movie so disgustingly horrible? And to people? even when she lies and she's like, I'm 23. Damn, that's old. Like, what? Excuse it's me. horrible. Makes me feel ancient. <laughs> yeah. It's really not nice. Yeah, but it's really mean. It's really harsh. Isn't this just this is it speaks to the way I feel about eighteen year olds. I think, yeah. which is just that they are all they are they do all deserve to be backhanded across the face by Sydney Poitier. As far as I'm concerned, I would love to see that. Can we have that happen? Right, just members of Sydney Poitier's family, his descendants, can Sydney Poitier the younger. As Sydney Poitier called his yes. daughter, Sydney can we Poitier. use CGI to just edit his likeness into films of him just slapping people when they get out of line? No, I just want actual Sydney Poitier who's still with us because that's his daughter's name. <laughs> yes, to to go around backhanding <laughs> mouthy eighteen-year-olds yes. who call twenty-three-year-olds "damn you old as hell," <laughs> shut up creep <laughs> hate this guy he's not even in the movie and also just very much speaking to the culture in that same scene where she ends up going to this um young people's house party and you know these guys doing these videos like talking about bullying and they ask God. her to, she's like in the background pumping the keg and they like ask her to get out of their their shot and she like tells them like fuck off or something and they're like see that's bullying right there and then they start like videotaping her and then everybody starts filming her. yes and then like when the guy who says she's old for being 23 tries to hit on her and she says something about why don't you sleep with your friend over here and you know they take this her making this homophobic joke, and so then everyone starts film putting her on lives, talking about her being homophobic and like following her around. And, like, I actually think this is this is a genuine trying to problem. essentially People like cancel her immediately for this like really innocuous joke that she makes. The thing yeah. is, people do do that. 
So yeah. it's humour like that that does work in the movie because it yeah. is that kind of stressful, like, oh my God, this actually happens. Get out of there. <laughs> Get out of my face. Run. Yeah. Run out of that house now, please, Jennifer Lawrence. But yeah. the movie is actually really quite sweet because I think it's... it Obviously, the premise of it is that I forget our leads, our male lead's name now as well. Andrew Barth Feldman, the character. Uh, Percy. 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 Percy and Maddie. His parents um, put an advertisement out there yeah. of, do you need a car? Of which Maddie, Jennifer Lawrence, needs a car. Her car's yeah. been told she hasn't paid property taxes. Things are getting... Yes, repossessed. and she's an Uber driver. That's how she makes a lot of her money and how she could pay off the taxes. Because she lives in Montauk, which I think is the... Is, the, is it Long Island? Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's like a fancy, summer town. Yeah. So they get a lot of rich people. Place. Yeah, so they get a lot of rich people coming in to you know stay and so she's and that's like her whole kind of stance she's just is annoyed with all the rich snobs coming in and taking over their town and all of that kind of yeah. rhetoric yeah so there's this advertisement that's put out there of course percy's parents are some of these summer people who come for the summer and then leave and don't yeah. really care about the place apart from that um do you need a car we'll give you a car if you date our son because yeah. our son's going to college and he's utterly useless, basically. And yes. ultimately, he, he is. He doesn't do anything. Yeah. He, he sits inside and has no friends and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. We come to learn there's an actual reason behind him doing that. His crippling past of bullying and, and just comf comfort of being alone. Yeah. Just having that be you know, easier, making yourself means. invisible. Yeah, yeah, which are really actually powerful things to think about. I think it's a lot of the really effective emotional drama of the movie is in scenes where they're actually able to open up to each other because, of course, it starts off far more kind of awkward and it starts off more of a yeah. comedy. She, she is obviously really the parents want him to express himself before yes. going off to college so yeah. she doesn't necessarily you know they don't necessarily want jennifer lawrence to to date him they want her to date him <laughs> yes um which they make a a, a, point a very clear point saying, about, yeah which she's like, yep, yeah, okay, fair enough, I'll do this. Yeah. So it starts off very much as just kind of Jennifer Lawrence trying as best as she can. To, to be attractive to this guy, ultimately to play it wrong where he thinks she's kidnapping him. Yeah, but to <laughs> try then, to come on to him, to try to yeah. do everything. And I'm sat there thinking... If I had Jennifer Lawrence in front of me now, I would not be behaving like this pathetic <laughs> weasel of a child that's in front of me here. Um, it was quite annoying <laughs> that this, these were the stressful elements of the movie that yeah. I was talking about before, because I've had a movie crush on Jennifer Lawrence for at least <laughs> 10 years. I mean, fair, very fair. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously these moments where she's trying to like uh, be enticing to him and him just kind of shrinking in on himself. But um, I also get that. I also get that kind of mentality yeah. of going, this is too much. I don't I can't like handle, it. I don't know what to do. Like, and him just also just not knowing what to do. No, he doesn't um, have a clue what to Yes. Do. But then in him at least agreeing to like strike up a friendship with her and so then you know again she's being very aggressive in in trying to make something happen and he breaks out in hives and it isn't until like she's sitting and and not making fun of him or you know just like putting like the rash cream on him and then that's when he opens up to her and he's telling her about the bullying and why he kind of tries to be invisible to people and they really have this connection moment and I think that's when she steps back and starts seeing him as a person, as opposed to, you know, this person's going to get me a car or this thing that I have to do. Um, and I think that's what actually kind of has her step back for a minute and and see that there's something there with him as just like a genuine person. So that kind of opens yeah. that friendship up really well. And then I love the kind of fun, silly day that they spend together. Um, and then her being able to open up to him about, you know, her father just being someone visiting for the summer who was there with his wife and kids and had an affair with her mom. And that's where she came from and her writing him and him sending her letter back and um, just feeling yeah. unwanted. And um, and then potentially kind of, I think Percy calls her out saying that she's and even her friends, I think, do too, kind of waiting around for this father who doesn't want her to come back and find her and apologize or something. And that's the main thing kind of keeping her there. Uh, So the fact that she's able to open up to him like that um, is really building this great friendship with them. And, you know, what happens in movies like this where, you know, somebody's doing something for selfish gain and then they start to kind of strip that aspect of what they're doing away and really start to bond with this person. So I loved seeing the build of their friendship and and genuine care for each other. So I I liked that there was a good balance of kind of the raunchy comedy aspects and the actual heart of the movie. Well, yeah, it's almost as though it's in two halves, really, because the first half is is very much that um, peaked, as we we spoke about Mm -hmm. before, with this ridiculous stark naked wrestling fight scene on the beach yeah she 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 forces percy to go skinny dipping with her and then some dumb kids come and steal their clothes and she just walks naked straight out of the ocean and starts beating the shit out of these people termination of jennifer lawrence to just kind of charge up to these people scream at them no care in the world and just yeah. beat them all down yeah um to is, get bare uh, vagina punched like ooh. i mean yeah it's gonna be nasty right <laughs> yeah yes to which people don't think that reaction hurts, her reaction to that happening to her is quite yes it shows me how nasty that would be yeah actually she makes quite a horrible noise after that happens <laughs> Um, yeah, unpleasant. Don't do that to people. Yeah, don't. Do but that. I like that, and I think she was probably. I don't know if they did maybe like type of body double stuff, or if it was actually all her or anything like that. But um, well, she she would, has done nude scenes in the past. Yes. So I mean, I would see her being okay with a scene like this because it's done not in a sexy way. It's definitely done in a fully comedic way. 
Um, yeah, and so, and, but so just, takes... just, and just an out there way. I mean, yes. she's always come across as a person that is just willing to just say, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll go I'll with do it. it. I'll, I'll go for it. Yeah. That. Yeah. She was and... also a producer on this movie. Yeah. So I think that doubly says to me that... that she was okay with whatever kind of um ideas that were thrown out there to do um yeah because yeah. i love the ways that she just charges up like buck naked and just does not care <laughs> beats the does crap out of these people. I love it. yeah it's so fun um and yeah that they took that sexuality out of her being naked and just made it this they comedic did. thing and people like are seemingly talking about how they're so surprised that she has this comedic nature but you've seen it in other things like she she definitely plays to that really well and stuff like um silver linings playbook and then you just yeah. watch her you just watch her in interviews and and things like that or her give speeches and you see how silly she is her uh, as a person is is very much this it's why i really like her for this movie yeah um because she she obviously had I suppose it you know a, around 10 years ago she won the os she won her oscar um she was the the biggest female in movies really for that little bit of time yeah and then she just thought i'm gonna quieten down now yeah and she quietened down yeah she got married, away from she had a, a baby she had, yeah yeah she she had a kid um and and settled a little bit but she should be coming back being her natural goofy yet sensitive self which is what she is in this yeah. movie i think these are perfect kind of movies for her because she had her you know time being the biggest thing yes i don't think she's got that mentality to always need to be that and be someone who does a lot of kind of drama and darker roles and things like that yeah. she, you know to maybe lean into more comedies so I, I, that, that I just seems really like more akin to like who she is as a person she seems like yeah. she has somebody who has a huge sense of humor who's always joking and laughing and being silly and quippy and yeah but while being you know, this movie is that, but while having so much heart to it as well, so much genuine yeah. sweetness to it, like you say, it turns into a friendship movie, a very mutual yeah. friendship movie more than anything else, and a movie about kind of looking at yourself, looking at where you're at in your own life, and realising the comfort blanket you have around yourself is yeah. actually damaging to you. It's, yeah. it's restrictive it's not comforting it's pinning you down yeah and sometimes it needs two people who have that to open up to each other to bring that out of each other and it's what happens with percy he becomes far more self-confident far more you know self-assured is willing to go out there be himself make his own decisions of course in a movie like this you have your ups and downs and there's issues that come apart yeah. he finds out that you know maddie was 
really kind of starting to speak to him because of this situation where she answered an advertisement for a pair for his parents car and then he doesn't think yeah. it was actually real and then she has no. to tell him that it was real and whether he believes that or not it's all an argument yeah these are typical story points of rom-coms anyway yeah it just the fact it turns into such a sweet loving friendship between the two of them yeah i really found it very very endearing um you know it, it's i don't think it's necessarily a game changing movie or anything no like but it's definitely a style of movie that we don't see anymore really um that was really popular at a certain era like the late 90s early 2000s and then you go yeah. back to like the 80s having that era of like, a raunchy kind of sex comedy as well so um i it's a needed movie because you know i talked it about is. it earlier where you know we're oversaturated with the franchise film and the uh you know legacy sequel and um you know the remake or the reboot uh so to get an original movie that speaks to a different era of film that feels kind of dead and you know people talk about the rom-com being dead and things like that and just a particular popular era of film that was solid and did good business in terms of you know uh, selling tickets how that has just kind of died away and so to go back to that formula and have a movie like this that feels very familiar to a really great genre of film subgenre of film um it's just really refreshing yeah going going back is... to the past it feels refreshing because we're getting yeah, so much it's, of the same it's strange yeah. it's strange like that but it does you you know you are really right and i really hope it does do well so you know financially yeah. and and is successful because i think it deserves it it's a really really good movie a yeah. really very enjoyable movie and if nothing else if you're a jennifer lawrence fan you're going to enjoy it because she is her naturally goofy self in this movie while being as wonderfully dramatic as we know she is because yeah. she's we've seen her do that yes. enough times in her more critically acclaimed movies yes well i mean i went to the early because most movies at least here have and have early thursday screenings uh so you can go they'll have maybe like five or six show times for the thursday before the movie comes out so i went to a thursday screening and it was pretty full it was full to the cool. point where, where some asshole stole my seat and oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i go to my seat and there's two guys sitting there and i'm like uh, I'm H11. They're like, oh, well, uh, and they're all comfortable, have their feet up, have their thermoses all kind of laid out, like ready, but picnic style. And I'm just like, so I, you know, and I had gone, I've just gone after work. So I'm already like exhausted. So I'm like, so I just, like, I'll just sit here for now. So I go to the row behind them, like, oh, well, if, if somebody comes, we'll move. So I'm just sitting in the row behind where my seat is. And then here comes this guy. Oh, uh, my wife and I are sitting here. And I'm like, oh, well, somebody's took my seat. So I had to sit here. <laughs> so I said it kind of loud. So then I end up going and sitting next to the two guys and like a seat between us. And then they eventually like scooted over. So they saw me sitting there and they were just like, oh, uh. so then well, they ended up scooting over and giving me my seat. So, but it was, oh, a, I'm sorry. Pretty... Well... <laughs> The, the, that's the point of assigned seats. Like exactly. Those two had seats themselves, so either they can't count. Yeah, 
So it's not like they snuck into the movie. They had their own assigned seat. They just didn't feel like moving, I guess. But they were trying to be like cool about it. But they were like, oh, we'll move. Somebody comes. <laughs> and I'm just like, was it Whatever. was it the um was it the uh, damn your old your twenty three guy from the movie? I mean, I it, it looked him. it looked kind of like him. Uh, so they ultimately <laughs> scooted over, and I got my seat. So I was just like, oh, whatever. But cool. yeah, it was it was a pretty full theater for not even like wide release day for just like early yeah, screening day. So good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I very I very very much enjoyed this movie. Yes, I, I, I had a lot of fun go... with this movie. I'd much rather go to the cinema and watch these type of movies than you know the massive tentpole kind of movies that yes i am just at this point i know we've still got more to come haven't we it, it, the summer yeah. is not over yet no but we i am ready ones. now i'm ready for november now yes <laughs> already July in terms of is, movies yeah. not in terms of the year obviously but i think in terms of movies i am and uh, and no hard feelings was was really really good. Yes, helped like I said by the fact that I am and always have been a great admirer Jay of Jennifer Lawrence. Stan. Yes, <laughs> um, both from a acting standpoint, and I just think she's just very pretty. Yeah, I do, <laughs> she's I a do. pretty lady. That's... She's a pretty lady, <laughs> <laughs> and she always has been. Yes. Um, great but movie. there you go. Yeah, really there enjoyable. Great, great movie. Janine, yeah. I think <laughs> it is time to end the show with some fun and games. And you seem very en- you seem very happy with yourself <laughs> today. Well, well yes. you certainly did before the show started. You seem I very mean... happy with yourself about what you've come up with for fun and games. How I imagine this is because you know that I'm going to miserably fail at this. I That's don't why. think you'll fail. I I, I feel mm. very confident for you. Okay, okay. Why do you feel so confident? What is today's fun and game? Um. Well, it's a game maybe you don't like very much, but I have fun with, and that is the Six <laughs> Degrees game. <laughs> this is why. You've just said it there. A game that you don't like, Morgan, because you're not very good at it, but I really like, and I'm good at it, so but, I I'm mean, it to you. I've seen you excel pretty well in times in six degrees. It just depends. Mm. Um, so I have three six degrees for you. And okay. because we talked about TCM and the greatness of old Hollywood, I'm going to have you connect a classic films actor to an actor or actress that we talked about today in some capacity okay. Okay. on the show. So are you ready? <laughs> I, I suppose so. This this is a good thing to do, actually. I, I like this. So your first question, or your first Six Degrees connections, will okay. be between Catherine Hepburn and yes. Linda Hamilton. Mm, okay. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> do I have to go through through specific movies? Do I have to and start? And with... I've seen these this, these people on on TikTok. They have started a channel where they're going to just be playing this game where they call celebrity ties and they have a rule no mcu so that will be no my mcu here yes no mcu no mcu that no. makes it so much harder for some people though yes okay so, like, so linda Hamilton, so i have i, I have my have connections 
So if you have can't get there, okay. I can say at the end where how I was able to get there. So I'm going to have to go through some form of Terminator for for Linda Hamilton realistically for for my own brain. Um, which means I'm probably going to have to go Schwarzenegger, which means Schwarzenegger. Oh, ooh, ooh, now that. Now that I'm I'm getting to Catherine Hepburn, Schwarzenegger, I can get to any action star of that particular time. But can I get earlier? I need earlier, or I need dramatic. <laughs> um, let's. Is that a wise decision, Morgan? No, it's not, because you don't know that many people. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. I hate this game so much. <laughs> I think you think out loud and it just never works. For some reason, okay, my mind was going to. Um, Linda Hamilton, Terminator, Schwarzenegger, and then... That movie Schwarzenegger did with Stallone, which I think was called Escape Plan, that prison movie. Okay. So I got to Stallone, which got me to Escape to Victory, which got me to Michael Caine. And then okay. I was trying to get from Michael Caine to somebody to Catherine Hepburn. Oh, okay. Well, and I feel like I can do that. Okay. Given some time. <laughs> because Michael Caine's been in so many things, but... Can I remember who he was with in, in those things. things? Not necessarily, because now I've just got Batman in my head, and I don't want to have Batman in my yeah, head. That's I too new. Older, You're going forward again. <laughs> older. Um, Michael Caine was in the... Who else was in that movie, though? I couldn't tell you. Michael Caine... Was in oh, but I mean, you could go to Catherine's most recent movie before her yes, death. But what was that? <laughs> we covered it. <laughs> I know I've forgotten what it was. I really have forgotten what it was, though. I know what it is. She's very, very old. It's from like it's in like the early nineties. She was very, very old in it. Oh, I'm missing a bridge, Janine. It's going to take me too long. Are you giving up? Are you throwing in the towel? I have to. I have to because I can't do anything. I'm so bad at this game. You were on a really good trajectory track. But if I could, but I'm, I'm trying to think of other people in Michael Caine's earlier movies, and I just can't at the moment. I mean, do you know he was in with the, in the um, Italian job? Do you know who started? Yes, with the him? Italian job. But who was with him in the Italian job? I, just... I love the Italian job. It's a great movie. But who the hell else is in that movie? I don't know anymore. My mind's gone <laughs> blank. This is my issue with Six Degrees. Not my issue with the game. My my personal issue with my mind just goes completely blank. Which way did you go? Um, so my path was, um, I went line in winter, <laughs> uh, with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins yes, yeah. was in Silence of the Lambs with Jodie Foster. 
Jodie yes. Foster was in Maverick with Mel Gibson, who was in Expendables 3 with Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh, who was in okay. Terminator with yes. Linda Hamilton. Okay, yeah. See... See, I forgot Maverick. I would, I wouldn't have never even thought about a Maverick connection because obviously you do try and get to someone like Hopkins when it comes to Catherine Hepburn. Yes, because my bridge for her is always um, <laughs> um, on Golden Pond. <laughs> yeah, it's another good bridge. And Jane anyway. Fonda, because Jane Fonda is still making Jane movies Fonda. today, so you know you could connect yeah, her with quite a Jane few people. Jane Fonda. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Let's see if I do any better with the second one. Okay. This one, I actually, my bridge is pretty quick. And I'm pretty sure you've seen all what my connection would oh, be. God. Okay. Uh, so, Gregory Peck. Yes. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh. <laughs> see, I just have to think of any Aaron Taylor Johnson movie now, and I, and I can't do it. Um. Yeah, that's horrible. Ooh, 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 ooh. No, because I don't know what who else was in this movie. This is my issue with Six Degrees, Jenny. I get it in my own head. Uh, it's painful. Um, Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck was in Aaron Taylor Johnson. God, it's hot. Gregory, who are you going through? <laughs> I can't tell you. Oh, it's so horrible, though. I can't okay. do it. All right. What's your you... starting movie? Okay, my starting movie is Roman Holiday. Right, your starting movie is Roman Holiday, which means you, you must be you must be Audrey Hepburn, which means you must be, oh, that's a good shout to get recent isn't it wait until dark alan arkin little miss sunshine opens you up there little miss okay, sunshine right. opens you up to a potential aaron taylor johnson surely paul dano and aaron taylor johnson have been in a movie together they're both weirdos <laughs> surely they have i couldn't tell you what it may be um paul dano mm. Mm. No, you could, you could, oh. Mm. Paul De Paul Deno, no, that's not going to work, is it? Paul Deno, there will be blood's not going to give me anything, is it? For Aaron Taylor Johnson, because I can't name anybody else in that, apart from Daniel Day-Lewis, who isn't going to give me anything. Oh, especially Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson... What about Aaron Taylor Johnson, Nocturnal Animals, Jake Gyllenhaal? Can we go through Jake Gyllenhaal? Can we go through Amy Adams, who is also, I think, in Nocturnal Animals? Is Amy Adams in Nocturnal Animals? Could mm -hmm. you please clarify that? Yes. So Amy, Anim Amy Adams in Nocturnal Animals. Amy Adams is in... Uh, she's Lois Lane. So mm -hmm. you can go... <laughs> you could get to the person that I got to a different way to get where you Henry need to go. Cavill. <laughs> Henry Cavill's giving me nothing. You can get to Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck's giving me more. Okay. And I've got to get to where was I? Where was I to... going the other way? 
I was with Little Miss Sunshine. I was on Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, and Paul. Ben Affleck to Steve Carell. (laughs) Mm. Mm. What? Are you working backwards? That's horrible. Is that what you're doing? I'm working both ways. (laughs) I I can't do that one. That's got to be just one movie between those, right? There's got to be. I can't do it. What have you gone with? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm not no, I like your th- I like your thought process. You're always very close. Well, you brought up Superman. So um Batman v Superman also stars Holly Hunter. So that's who I used. So Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn, who was in Always with Richard with Holly Hunter, yes. who was in Raising Arizona yes. with Nick Cage, who was in Kick Ass with Aaron Taylor Johnson. See, I totally forgot about Kick-Ass even existing. But see, you've seen all those movies. So this one will be difficult for you because, I mean, at least... Oh, for God's sake, it's horrible. Because my bridge, this is the quickest one. And my bridge movie is movie I don't think you've seen. Okay. Um, Watch me get this like that now. This, I know. uh, This last one, and kind of topical, is Gloria Swanson. Gloria Swanson. Two Zendaya. Oh God! Um, without using the MCU, are you really going to do that to me? Yep. That's yeah. killed me off, by the way. That's totally killed me off. <laughs> um, Gloria Swanson. Naturally, you just go Sunset Boulevard, which means naturally you go William Holden, which does open you up to things such as. Oh, I'm sorry. Not Gloria Swanson. Gloria Stewart. <laughs> oh, Gloria Stewart. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. well, where? Gloria where, Stewart. Where, 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 Gloria where. Stewart to Zendaya. <laughs> well, Gloria Stewart obviously isn't really old Hollywood because you just use your bridge movie, your famous bridge movie of Titanic, which, yes, is very topical. <laughs> um, so Gloria Stewart was, was in Titanic with, for example, um, Leo DiCaprio who was in many movies, many of which I know, but any remotely to do with Zendaya. What, any movie starring Zendaya that's not the Spider-Man movies, what was that movie called? Was it called Malcolm and Marie? That ridiculous, John pretentious David Washington. John David Washington. I yes. mean, there's a pretty big one you're not thinking about. There probably definitely is, isn't there? But if I get to John David Washington, which means I can get to, like, Tenet which opens you up to other people that were in that movie. Or Black Clansman. Pattinson in that movie? I feel like Pattinson was in that movie. Yes, he was. Who was in many things. You could get to Harry Potter, but where am I getting to? I've now forgotten where I'm getting to. Titanic. Leo DiCaprio. Can you get to Leo DiCaprio from Harry Potter? Probably not. Not easily, anyway. Oh, God, it's horrible. Um, (laughs) It's so horrible. I don't like this game. I'm not good at it. Do you know why I don't like this game? There's too many options. There There are a lot of ways to go with things, and it's just kind of which one is the quickest, which one is the most streamlined, which one... Yeah. There's, There's just too many things. Leo DiCaprio to Harry Potter. Oh, I still don't know how you... <laughs> what? 
<laughs> to Harry Potter. Okay. Well, no, because I've got there, haven't I? I've got there from Zendaya. Okay. Because I've got to John David Washington, to Pattinson, to Goblet of Fire. So I'm in Harry Potter. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in Harry Potter, and I went the other way to get to... Well, you also have Black Klansmen you could use as well. But I forget who else is in Black Klansmen apart from Adam Driver. So you don't think you could use Adam Driver for anything? For who? For Gloria Stewart? For Titanic? Am I getting to Titanic? There's the question. Am I even trying to get to Titanic? Should I even be remotely doing that? Should I actually be going all the way back and using... Mr. Claude Rains. I mean, yeah, you could do Man. that as well. And and bringing Claude Rains up to Casablanca, which opens that up, doesn't it, really? Then you can get anywhere in old Hollywood from Casablanca. So, can I get from Harry Potter <laughs> to Casablanca? Probably not. <laughs> US, different, totally different movie industries doesn't work. Oh, uh, I mean, no, have... Black Klansman. I was going to Black Klansman. You Adam Mr. Drive Smith. Star Wars. You have ah. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Star Wars. Star Wars. You can get to Star Wars because you can get to through Star Wars. Higgledy piggledy Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. I don't even need to make connections because everybody's in something with each other so you can get to alec guinness which means you can get to bridge on the river Kwai, which means you can get to william holden which was where my sunset boulevard one was gonna oh, go oh, okay <laughs> um but if you get to william holden you can get to why am i doing that with my hands you can get to humphrey humphrey bogart sabrina Sabrina, Casablanca, Claude Rains, Laurie Stewart. <laughs> Yay, I've done it. Yes, good job. <laughs> Mine I'm, was... I'm taking that one. I'm taking yes, that one. I'll, I will give you... Connected. Yes, yes. Well, I Thank mean, you. I, yeah, you needed a little help, but you got there. So, but you, and it was, and me, it was me referencing something you said before. of, of yes. Casablanca making me think of Humphrey Bogart. But mine you was... You me to go to Titanic. <laughs> Titanic. Uh, Gloria Stewart's in Titanic with Kate Winslet, who was in probably the most hated movie ever made, movie 43. Oh, God. <laughs> with Hugh Jackman, who played a man who was like the perfect bachelor she was going out on a date with, and then he takes his scarf off at dinner and he has a pair of testicles on his neck. So oh, that's dude. what we're getting out of movie 43. But Hugh Jackman was in The wow. Greatest Showman with Zendaya. The end. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm like, that's you're getting a pretty big one with Zendaya. Yeah, yeah, I did forget about that actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I forgot about that. Yeah, actually, the monster movie that The Greatest Showman was. Yes. Yeah. You can't. You couldn't get anywhere, could you? Without you couldn't actually go anywhere without those songs. Even stupid. Say what you want about the movie, but you know, and you know how terrible people think think about pt barnum making, the worst making ever, exactly but, but make him this very handsome wonderful yeah. man um but the songs were everywhere so yes, yes. they were well morgan fails <laughs> at effort. six degrees once again good effort morgan
I applaud your efforts. <laughs> well, thank you very much for the pity applause you've just given me there. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, that Morgan, uh, uh, Monday Madness is not the only show we have on the It's Wonderful <laughs> podcast feed, nor is it the only thing on this YouTube channel. Um, we do have other things where I might not look as incompetent as I just <laughs> looked right then on our other shows and things like that. Subscribe, ding your notification bell on this YouTube channel if you are watching us in full video format today on Monday Madness. For all the fun stuff we have here, there is Morgan's Movie Collection videos, there is reviews, there is uh, some slightly older um content from from janine as well a few months we will certainly be fairly yeah. quickly getting back to some very exciting uh, videos planned ahead uh, this is certainly not going anywhere on the youtube channel um but we of course have morgan hasn't seen and it's a wonderful podcast the main show that we have spoken about during the course of this episode both uh, both other shows actually on wednesdays and fridays on the it's wonderful podcast feed on all major podcast platforms there are uh there is a scrolling bar at the bottom if you are watching this um that has been saying that the entire show um, you can also support us on Patreon or donate in any way uh, if you are feeling particularly generous. There are links in the description to go and do that or go to patreon.com slash it's a wonderful one. Find the tier that is right for you over there. We can't do what we do without that generous support. We love all our patrons dearly. You can, of course, just find the show on social media on twitter at it's a wonderful one find me on twitter at the purple don with a three instead of the e in the because janine three is the magic number on instagram and tiktok at the purple don all your competent six degrees stuff is where <laughs> you can find me janine to be an underscore on twitter janine to be on instagram and tiktok if you want to get any merch for any of our shows it's been scrolling by below or you can check the description or search it's a wonderful podcast on teespring.com we have some really cool designs over there all the logos for our shows some fun stranger things designs so please check that out and if you want to purchase any of my art and print form you can find that at my big cartel shop g9design.bigcartel.com Nice big show today, Janine. Yeah. A lot of stuff we got into. A lot of yes. uh, lot of kind of passionate discussion. Yes, for and sure. Interesting <laughs> topics to be spoken about. Always a fun time on Monday Madness, of course. I do think there is only one thing left to do, so go straight ahead. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye.